what are you afraid of happening if you say, no, I don't have discounts right now. I'm not offering discounts right now. And immediately she posted back in the comments saying, I'm afraid they're going to think I'm selfish or I'm selfish. Welcome to the Hella Rich Podcast, a podcast for women of color entrepreneurs who want to get hella rich in time, money, and joy with your business coaches, Allison Carpio and Nadia Deala. Make sure you join the party in our free Facebook group. It's called Hella Badass Women of Color Entrepreneurs. Head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Hella Badass W-O-C. And if you want support in growing your business online, check out our membership, Let's Get Hella Rich, where you get coaching support from myself and Nadia and training every month. Head on over to letsgethellarich.com to join. So today we're going to talk about sales and rejection, specifically the fear of getting rejected, fear of being called selfish or greedy or people getting angry at you for charging what you're charging, etc. So if you remember in episode one, we talked about raising your prices, right? Well, that's all great, but unless you're really good at sales and you're attracting those high paying clients, people aren't going to pay those prices. So that's why we're talking about sales today. Selling is a requirement in any business, whether you're a coach, a consultant, even if you have an e-com business, if you're an artist. I mean, you just have to get really good at sales, whether that's over the phone, over Zoom, written in email, in sales copy, etc. But The thing that we've noticed is we women of color entrepreneurs, we tend to take it so personally, especially in the beginning when we are selling and people say no. It's really not a personal thing. Nadia, she loves to play this game of collecting no's. It's really just a numbers game. Some people aren't going to be ready. Some people are ready. Some people are a good fit for you. Some people aren't. And that's just is what it is. You just got to keep going. So Nadia, I know you have a couple of stories from your own business and from our members, especially because we're helping them with selling, especially in closing their first couple clients. So they're really in the thick of it right now, aren't they? They are. And, you know, I'm noticing a lot of our clients, especially those from year zero to year three in their business, right? That either they are scared of closing their first clients or finally raising their prices a little bit, which you and I are hella excited about all the time, pushing our clients to raise their prices or renewing existing clients at that raised price, right? Either way, that fear doesn't go away. That feeling doesn't go away. You and I both know, girl, we've raised our prices a bunch of times and we've created new packages or new offerings a bunch of times and it doesn't go away. It still gets a little scary. I still get in my head sometimes as they say, new level, new devil. Mm -hmm. And that's the point I try to bring to our members that let's get hella rich all the time because when my rates were 300, when they were 800, when they were a thousand a month, right? Like it doesn't matter. It's scary because you are at a threshold breaking out of your comfort zone with what you think you're worth, right? And it's interesting. So I'll just go into one of our members, right? It's interesting because this particular member is basically in the health and wellness coaching realm. And she's incredible, also has a full-time hustle, 
full-time mama doing social distance learning has very, very limited time. So time is actually more precious than money at this point. And recognizing that she would like her hustle that she's building, her part-time hustle to become her full-time at some point. And I'm going to add to this, she's providing for the family. Exactly. Her, her boo is a stay-at-home husband. husband. <laughs> That's like my dream. I want to be the, <laughs> I want to be the breadwinner. You're on track for that. You're I'm good. on track. I'm on track. <laughs> okay. So that was another story for another time. But what I really, really love about this example with her is that She's so vulnerable and so courageous in our group. And it really leads an example for everybody to be like, oh my God, I have that same fear. I'm scared of raising my prices. I'm scared of X, Y, and Z. We talk a lot in previous episodes about the puke threshold, the suka threshold, like what will make you suka, which is puke in Tagalog, um, <laughs> by raising your prices. And she is trying to push against that, but... And, and constantly resets and say, I know I'm worth this. I will be okay if I get the no. I will be okay if I'm rejected. And then the next post later, be like, I'm scared again. Right? <laughs> so, and she, the reason why we decided to record this episode is because one back and forth in the Facebook community where we do um, Facebook coaching in between our two bi-monthly sessions, she said, I'd like to hear more about your stories, Allison and Nadia, of how you handled rejection, how you might have adjusted or just moved forward. Um, she was like, you're both inspiring and your stories, that vulnerability and how you overcame will help me, to be honest. So I thought about this episode, like, why not talk about how we both handle rejection? And it gets to a point where we actually just this morning were coaching her around pricing yet again, right? Mm -hmm. um, where she's just like, I know I'm worth this, but I play into the stories, which are very real. She doesn't think they're tricking her or anything, but she plays into the stories of her prospects and her potential clients where they're like, well, it's the pandemic. It's a hard time. I don't think I can do that. What else can you do for me? Can we discount? And she gives it because she knows she can help these women who are her ideal clients make the transformation in their health that they're looking for. And she doesn't feel like she's getting an equal energy exchange because she's, you know, it's, it's if she gave a discount and felt really amazing about it, that's one thing. But when you she gives a discount and she reports back to us saying, I'm not feeling too great about that. Yeah, I think I could have pushed that built more. Up resentment, that's right? the exactly, and that's where I think the pleaser is there, the good girl in us is there, which is common for women of color. And I just think that that's where we need to get curious about and push more of what are you afraid of happening if you say no, I don't have discounts right now. I'm not offering discounts right now. And immediately she posted back in the comments saying. I'm afraid they're going to think I'm selfish or I'm selfish. And I immediately went back saying, cool, got it. That's totally natural that your inner saboteurs want to protect you from feeling selfish, from being disliked, from someone talking smack about you behind your back, maybe saying she's just in it for the money. And of course you're in it for the money, right? Like it's a business. Yeah, we got to eat. I don't say that about Trader Joe's 
raising their prices on raspberries, right? Like, I don't see like, oh my God, they're so greedy. I can't believe it, right? That, that's just like, we don't think about that for other businesses. But when we think about it for our own businesses, we take it personally. And so what I asked her to do was to come from a place of service and what are your values here, right? Like you are not greedy. You want to serve and you're not greedy for holding on to your value and the price that you set. You're not, it's just not the right fit. And we have to learn to normalize when things aren't the right fit. It doesn't say anything about us when someone says no. It just means it's not the right fit. At least that's how I look at it. And it's like, maybe they just don't see the value in this right now. So I do copywriting as well. And, you know, some people want cheap copywriters. And I'm like, cool, go get a cheap copywriter. You're going to get cheap results. Like, this is what it is. But when Mm -hmm. someone looks at my pricing Mm -hmm. and they accept it, that tells me that they understand the value of what I'm doing. And they're really committed to implementing my changes. Exactly. I say that because it's really important because something that just drives me wild, I just don't get it, is people will pay a copywriter and they just won't use the copy. What? Who does that? (laughs) People really do that. But if I were to survey Mm. every single copywriter, every single business owner that's worked with a copywriter, I would bet that there is a correlation between how much that they are paying this copywriter and the likelihood of them actually using the copy and valuing it and treating them well and being happy with the quality of work that they're getting. It's kind of like if you think about paying for a gym. I remember before the pandemic, I was paying for a really bougie high-priced gym. Yeah, you were. It was amazing. I was there all the time because one, I really valued fitness. And two, because I was paying so much, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go like three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So it's like it just solidifies people's commitment to you. When someone gets something discounted or for free, especially if it's something that is educational, they are so much less likely to value it, to absorb it, and to take action. And it's almost like you're doing a disservice by giving them a discount because you know they're not going to get the result that they would if they paid full price and valued what they are receiving. Right. And here's the thing that you're saying about that. You valued fitness. I would have never paid what you paid in that bougie gym that you did because I value fitness and I'm not as dedicated to it, right? Like I don't Mm -hmm. see the value in that where I'm like, well, I value fitness enough where I will, you know, pay a fourth of what you're paying, Allison. (laughs) Right? Like, and, and I'm not their ideal client. Like, I'm not their idea market that that gym is marketing towards, clearly. And that's why markets have ranges. And you decide which range you're at. Because even for this particular client, there's someone even lower than her. And there's someone even 10 times what she's charging. Right? There's a range for that. And what I can suggest is, Coming from a place of value versus scarcity and fear of being rejected or fear of someone not liking us, right? So what she was able to do was to say, I stand in integrity. I am here to serve. I believe in the hustle of my clients. And what we were able to come to was normalizing the no and saying, you've brought your client 
What I think is really important is being so clear on your pricing and your offering, even if you have a sliding scale or if you do offer discounts, whatever, but being clear on the process instead of a little wishy-washy. Because then I personally wouldn't trust that. <laughs> I would just be like, wait, mm-hmm. what are we selling here, right? But personally, when you are so clear on your offering and on your value and just say, this is the rate, that's it, no questions asked, I really think it's easy to call in the powerful yeses and the powerful noes. And I respect it either way because I'm not questioning that you rejected me because of me. I know that you claim that powerful no because I claimed my powerful value. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just Yeah, and so I don't feel bad because I know where I stand. And I think it's separating them rejecting you as a person versus them not prioritizing what you're offering like the gym right like yeah let's say I owned that bougie ass gym if you said no it doesn't mean that you're rejecting me as a human it's just saying like look this isn't that important to me right now and that's totally okay and there's a million other people in the world who would value that and I think it's like not personalizing the rejection Whole Foods doesn't take it personally when someone decides to go to Trader Joe's or Safeway. Okay, They're like, we got our clientele. We're fine. Right. (laughs) We'll be okay. We'll be fine. We got Amazon. We're going to be okay. And the same thing as the underdogs, quote unquote, right? Like we all have our markets. And I think the biggest point is taking a stand, deciding and saying, this is my pricing now. And that doesn't mean you can't change it later, et cetera, but just being willing to collect the nose. So anybody listens to this, the biggest thing I want is to just normalize that these feelings, these fears are so real, they are natural, we can never stop them from happening. And we have to recognize when they're keeping us playing small because that's what we're not going to do, okay? We are never going to play small in our membership, in our group, in our businesses. Yeah, we're not going to do that. It's just that's where for me when I can get to, oh, this voice in my head, the motivation is to keep me playing small and to keep me from raising my prices or to keep me from taking back my time or to keep me from X, Y, and Z, which is what I want, that's where we can't allow that. And we have to call it in and we have to call it out and move towards a more resonant path. So your values like in service, in love and in integrity and collecting the no. So I want to explain that game to people. It is a numbers game, as Allison said. So when I first started my coaching practice and I'm from tech sales background, I'm all about collecting the nose, which does mean you do need as many leads as possible. And that's Allison's realm of expertise of selling and marketing so that you get those right fits. <laughs> but I would do a tally my first year where after all my sales calls, I would have a yes and a no column and I would tally. And I <laughs> definitely had a heavier set of nose, but The yeses feel so much better when you get them because you know they do meet you at that energetic value fit that you were explaining. And I would collect no's even by giving no's. So you have to really recognize if you're scared of getting the no, y'all, what is your relationship to no? 
Is it a scary childhood memory where someone rejected you and said no when you really, really wanted something that's holding you back? Is it that you got shamed for wanting more once upon a time, which happens a lot to women of color? Yeah. All the fucking time people tell us, don't want more. Don't be to this. Don't be to that. Don't be da da da. And so there's all these things that make up our relationship to no. So really get curious about how do I feel about even giving no? My guess is that the people who are afraid of receiving the no's for their businesses and their magic gifts and services are also afraid of setting boundaries and telling people no. It's important to know that no one gets 100% yeses. It just doesn't like happen. Never, right? Exactly. No one that's a thousand. Like, who does that? If you think about a website, like, let's say you're on Amazon, you're on Nordstrom, whatever. People are saying no all the time by exiting the window. It's just less personal. But yeah. if you look at like analytics, for example, 1% of people actually purchase something. 1%. That's 1%. Insane, right? Yeah. 1%. And that's totally normal. And anything above that is like amazing. So you might be getting more no's than you think, like, especially like if you have a website, if you have, you know, social media, but it's like, we just take it personally when we get on the phone with someone, we get on Zoom and they decide not to move forward. And that's totally okay because no one closes 100%. No one. It's just not possible unless you're like, talking to one person a month which yeah I don't recommend doing that please just, don't just talk to one person math no, isn't no, good no. there so. the math the numbers <laughs> don't lie and that is not enough conversations yeah, that's, just, that's just a number not numbers I think sometimes we put that expectation on ourselves that we have to close every single person we talk to and sometimes you'll think like the people who said no it's a good thing like that's a blessing yes. in so many ways because there are so many people that I've just I've you know, sometimes it was mutual, sometimes it was not. But then I'm just like, it's really good they said no because they would have been a nightmare client. I would have been so unhappy. I've never had to refund anyone, luckily, but I have friends who did. Mm, and that is same. such a I've bigger never. waste of time than just saying no from the get-go. Yeah, I've never had to refund anybody. Knock on wood, y'all. I hope that never happens. And at the same time, I'm sure it was such a relief to say, no, this isn't a fit. I remember once when I finally raised my prices for a corporate client. I just raised from 600 to 800 a month at the time. And I was terrified shitless, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was actually negotiating. And this is where it's like part of what we do is teach people how to do sales and to negotiate and play that dance. Negotiating with the HR director of this organization who was also a woman of color. So it kind of sucks because that particular client was like, I want to work with Nadia because she works with women of color. <laughs> like, this is what mm-hmm. I want. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. And that HR director was like... But that put you in a good spot, right? Because it's did. like, this is what she's good at. And I want exactly. her. No it did. Else. And so my client was on that thread and saw me going back and forth. And I only gave one to two sentences each email reply. But the person was like, absolutely not. We can only do 600 said rude things, honestly, like what is the value here that you are charging X more than the other executive coaches we hire because they had a roster of executive coaches already. But this particular client didn't find it was a good fit because they weren't specializing in working with women of color and didn't understand Mm -hmm. where she was coming from. Also, she's a non-binary individual and she wanted somebody who could really 
connect with all the different intersectionalities of her. In my heart, because the HR professional was like, we can do 600 a month. And I literally was screaming for days thinking about, oh man, I literally just raised my rates. Should I just take it? Should I just say yes? But I do six month programs and I was like, that's six months at the rate I don't want. And I finally made the call to say, absolutely not. I'm sticking to my rate. You two figure it out between your employee and you. And I understand that it's not within your budget and that's fine. Let me know when you make your decision. I'm sure your old white male executive coaches are happy to do 600 a month and yeah. not be effective for your employees. So yeah. yeah. I'm like doing a little dance <laughs> as you're saying that like, yeah. And so, and, and that was my truth. And I was freaking out because the scarcity in me, it was at a time where I wasn't making that much money in my business. So I was really worried and kicking myself thinking, am I saying no to that easy 600 that could be in my hands right now? And I had to really set my mind and stay resilient and say no, because what I'm really saying no to is 800. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying no to. And then surprise, surprise, two days later, she said, oh, guess what? We found the budget. So imagine if I had said yes, right? No, 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 no. When it's really, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I I think that's an example (laughs) of sticking to it. And, you know, HR, it's their job to do that shit. You know, it's just their job. And if you're working with other entrepreneurs or even just customers, they will negotiate that for discounts just because they want to try. They They have a budget to meet too. Yeah. It's nothing personal. But, you know, when you really stand your ground, when you really believe in what you do, when you're damn good at it, when you specialize exactly. in something, I mean, people are going to pay it even if they say they don't have the budget for it. Exactly. And I think it had a lot to do also with that particular client still being CC'd and just being silent the whole time because we've worked together for over a year now, actually. <laughs> and she was like, when I saw you do that, I was like, this has to be my fucking coach. Like, yeah. absolutely, this, ha- like, I, like, exactly, right she was just like, mm-hmm. this is incredible, I want to be able to do that for myself, I want to be able to stand up for myself and negotiate my value, and not just even with pay, but negotiating energy, right, like, being able to handle rough energy or the prospect of being hurt or rejected she just saw it in that thread and I think she said she pushed and was like you need to make this happen somehow yeah I don't want your other coaches I just don't exactly exactly (laughs) so coaches (laughs) collect the nose normalize the nose one last note I wanted to say so I know you started watching Cobra Kai (laughs) (laughs) With the Karate Kid spin-off. Cobra Kai never dies. So I started watching that. I finished season one. And do you remember in season one where he's training the Cobra Kai first pupil and like shooting things at him and he just has to actually take the hit of those, was Mm -hmm. it like tennis balls or something? I forgot. Something was being shot at him and building that muscle to not dodge but to build the resilience and that muscle if they were to just take the hit. And that's kind of what we do. It's, yeah, it's a muscle. It's exactly a muscle that you build. And it's, yeah. it's, that's also why when you're first doing it, it's so damn scary. Like imagine if we told you to like, like I loaded a barbell and there was like 
total 145 pounds. And I was like, hey, lift this. You'd be like, no, screw you. You got to work up to it. You know, you add on those pounds, you slowly add on those plates. And that's like raising your prices. You know, you slowly do it over time to what you are Mm -hmm. comfortable with. It's also why as you keep on adding more pounds, it gets scarier because you're like, oh, shit, this is 165 pounds. I have never done this before. What is this going to feel like? I'm going to fail. I'm going to hurt myself, whatever. I know for me, um, I recently closed a $16,000 project. And I, <laughs> I asked a friend because she you know, had worked with this client before just for a gut check. And I had something going for me that I think a lot of us don't realize in ourselves. This client in particular had seen me speak at a very high level mastermind. Like I was this authority, right. this expert to this person. So the reason why he came to me was because I was the only person who knew how to do this. And in my mind, I'm like, he needs me more than I need him. You know, if he says no, I have all this time. Awesome. If he says yes, I get $16,000. Like I can't lose either way. Mm -hmm. And I think that put me in a really good position to be ready to accept the no. He didn't say no. But also it just, you know, it really changed the conversation that I had with him when it came time to talk numbers, to talk timelines, to talk agreement or whatever that is. So same thing with you, Nadia, like when you were negotiating with HR director, it's like this client wants you because you are good. You're a woman of color. You are good at that. You understand intersectionality. And I remember one of our members in particular had a really amazing like recommendation and this guy really wanted to work with her and we're like what are you worried about like he needs you more than you need him he really wants you he can go on upwork if he wants to but he doesn't want to and he specifically wants to work with you Mm. and that puts you in a really good position when Mm -hmm. it comes to sales right there's a level of owning your expertise and also knowing where your audience is kind of coming from right like you are a high caliber marketing consultant and copywriter so we act accordingly right and not Mm -hmm. all our clients are interested in being premium high caliber folks but you really need to think about your structure then that if you want to keep your price point at a lower point to be more accessible then yes we need to think about how do you serve more people then how do you build this where you don't burn out and What I hear is just you just owning your expertise first and foremost. It doesn't matter the price point. It doesn't matter how many clients you need for X revenue per month. We get so in our head about imposter syndrome a lot. And I think that this particular client we've been centering around, like I want this client to just own her freaking expertise like a boss, whether she's at $250 a month or $450 a month, right? It's really about you are worthy no matter what. And it just gets scarier, as you said, as you add those rates, but own the fact that, yes, I want this money, but I don't need this if you're not meeting me at that rate that I set at my value, at the energy that I bring to my work. I need you to bring that same energy, even if it's through monetary, through time, through effort, through our calls together, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And owning your expertise really contributes to the resiliency because when you own your expertise you are more resilient and you are able to accept those no's because you're like well they're just not a good fit for me yeah but there's going to be someone out there who does really appreciate my expertise and is like dying for it 
and is going to pay whatever it takes to work with me. Right. Absolutely. And then we bring those results and you just quickly forget once you start working on those things, you do quickly forget once you're in your element and serving the way that you do about, oh, are they getting their money's worth? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, there's the guilt after they say yes. Right. right? Like, oh my um, God, they're going to find out that I'm not worth it. <laughs> right. I never had a problem of charging more. I always just did it. And then I felt guilty afterwards. I was like, I'll just deal with that later. <laughs> that's, that's its own thing. That's another, another episode, right? <laughs> We're talking about the first do it. First do it. No, I've had that too. That's a great next episode, perhaps, or further down the line. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Stay tuned. Good. Hope you're subscribing to us. Yeah, so that hope you you're know subscribing to us so you know it's coming. That's a great nuance Smash in this same thing. But yeah, so long story short, whoever's listening to this would love for y'all to challenge yourself and start collecting the no's, receiving them, and giving them. We are creating space for the yeses when we do that. And those yeses are going to feel real good. And you're going to be like, thank goodness I said no to all those other hoes because this <laughs> yes is amazing. It is amazing. amazing. Right. And it's just <laughs> we don't go into business to work with folks who aren't meeting us where we're at and valuing our expertise, right? We want to work with our dream clients and holding to your rate does attract the right crowd, does attract the right clients. So stay strong, stay resilient in your sales calls or whatever process you do. You got this. And yeah, let's get hella rich together. And if you want some support, head on over to letsgethellarich.com. Join our membership. We have a pricing workshop that you can go through where we help you raise your rates. Even though it's pre-recorded, you're still going to get support from us on the live coaching calls, whether you have mindset blocks that are stopping you from raising your rates or you have it's simply a strategy issue of like you don't know what to charge. And we're here to support you in the Facebook group. So a lot of people have just watched the recording of our pricing workshop and our sales workshop too which we're going to be doing this month and helping you with your sales and with your pricing one of our members i think she got like three clients in one day for her group program because we were you know going back and forth in the facebook group helping her with sales conversations people were sliding in her dms on instagram and we were like oh let's tweak this these couple things like we helped her with messaging and how to pitch on Instagram. We're going to dive deeper into that in the sales workshop. So if you join us at Let's Get Hella Rich, you'll get access to that. And we would love to support you in getting more yeses and raising your rates. So again, head on over to letsgethellarich.com. We really hope to see you there and we'll see you next time.